Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Barbara Sue Frame was a 38-year-old from Zanesville, Ohio. She was the mother of three and worked for the subsidiary of a car manufacturer. On January 30, 1985, at approximately 5 in the evening, her ex-husband came over to tell Barbara their divorce lawyer needed to see her. Barbara left her house for this appointment. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. enough to remember when door-to-door salesmen were a thing. I'm 48 years old and I can distinctly remember, even out in the hills of Gilpin Township in Pennsylvania, that in the early 1980s my parents bought a vacuum cleaner off a salesman who went house to house trying to sell them. It's true, he was driving a huge Lincoln Continental and pulled the thing right out of the trunk. Of course, the kids in this audience have no idea what I'm talking about. But there was a time not long ago when encyclopedias, hey, remember those? Insurance, aluminum siding, and a whole bunch of other things were sold right from the front door of the family home. It was just as common as Amazon is today. In fact, one of the iconic American plays of the 20th century had a door-to-door salesman as its main character, Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Well, today you're going to hear about a disappearance that started at Barbara Frame's house. The man who knocked on her door that day, her ex-husband, Jeff Frame, was selling something. But it wasn't a tangible product with a price. It was a story about Barbara having to go somewhere with him. Now, 34 years later, we have to figure out if Jeff was an innocent man or a wolf at the door. And now, summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Barbara Frame, by the time the early 1980s rolled around, had three children to raise by herself. Her marriage at the time had fallen apart. She then met Jeff Frame, who was the brother of Barbara's neighbor across the street. The two hit it off and got married in less than a year. Yet the problem started soon, with Jeff being abusive and controlling, although he did adopt Barbara's youngest child, a son. But by 1984, she had had enough, and Jeff essentially kicked her out with only 24 hours' notice. They got divorced in December of that year, although in a turn of events, Jeff didn't want the marriage to end. He reminded Barbara of this daily by walking over to her new home to see what she and the kids were doing, and pleading for Barbara to go back with him. So on January 30, 1985, nobody was surprised when Jeff showed up on the porch again, wanting to see Barbara. Yet the message that day was different. Jeff claimed the attorney responsible for the ownership of their house needed Barbara's signature on a document. The lawyer hadn't called her because at the time, Barbara's house didn't have a phone. 
Barbara left with Jeff. She was never seen again. The next morning, Barbara's car was found close to the usual place she parked it for work. Although Jeff Frame seems like the best suspect in this disappearance, there's still many answers Barbara's family has never received from police. Number one, why has Jeff's official story of what happened after he and Barbara left her house never been made public? Number two, why did police not seek out those people who intimidated Barbara's family to stay away from investigating her disappearance? And number three, why have the Zanesville police never given Barbara's family one call in the last 30 years? Barbara's family rejects the idea she would have taken off on her own. Their fingers are pointed precisely at Jeff Frame as being the culprit in this case. The guest for this episode is Barbara's daughter, Kathy Huber. Unfound news. Earlier this week, warrants were issued to search a property four miles from where Teresa Butler disappeared. Unfound covered that case in early 2017. If you'll remember, Teresa's husband committed suicide in 2018 on the 12-year anniversary of her disappearance. Many people still suspect his involvement in the case. Many items were taken from this house, including, it seems, parts of the floor. What led police to this house this week is unknown at the time of the recording of this episode. As you would expect, there are many rumors flying around. Next, this past Wednesday night's live show on YouTube contained a great in-depth examination of what is going on with GED Match, the DNA company, now that they've changed their rules regarding the releasing of members' DNA. I talk about two Supreme Court cases that form the basis of all DNA law right now, and I explain why I think warrantless DNA collection is on shaky legal ground, at least in the United States. Please check out the May 22, 2019 live show on YouTube, if the topic sounds interesting to you. Finally, I am hearing that there might be another unfound meetup in Northwest Texas this summer. If you're interested in attending, please join the Unfound Podcast Discussion Group and look for that meetup post in the announcements section. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound Live Show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. This week I need to thank Morgan, Marcial, and Joyce. You can contribute to PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That's also the email address. And this week I need to thank Susan. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Don't forget the reviews. Shirts at MyShopify.com, cards at MakePlayingCards.com, and please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the daughter of Barbara Frame, Kathy Huber. Kathy, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Let's start here, and I just need to remind the listeners that you were 14 at the time of your mother's disappearance, correct? 14? Yes, I was. Okay. If you could think back that far, tell the listeners what you remember uh, about your mother. Uh, You, of course, being a teenager, but I know you had some younger siblings that we can talk about in a moment. But what do you remember about your mother? She was – she made friends easily. She was a nice, easygoing person. And uh, she just made friends easily, and everybody liked her. Mm-hmm. 
she was a good mom. You and she had a good relationship. I know sometimes, you know, getting in teenage years, kids and their parents, but you two got along pretty well. Yep, so far. <laughs> okay, great, great. And you had some other uh, siblings. How old were they when your mother disappeared in January 1985? Two brothers. One was 13 and one was seven. Okay, so one was like kind of right behind you, and then when one was half your age. Yes. Okay, okay. And if I may ask, did you all have the, the same father? And we're going to talk about, of course, Jeff Frame here in a moment, but um, did you all have the same father? No, me and the 13-year-old had the same father, and the 7-year-old was from someone different. Okay. Okay, and did they, uh, did your mother see those guys very often? Do you have any sort of custody arrangements regarding, regarding any of that back then or not? The 7-year-old didn't see his father. He was he was he moved out of state and didn't want anything to do with the situation, but mm. for me and the 13-year-old, yeah, me and the 13-year-old, yes, we seen our father every weekend. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. And what did your what was your mother into? Um first maybe we should start here. What was uh, her work? What what did she do for a living? She worked at uh United Technologies. Uh, factory here in town making uh, parts for Ford Automotive. Huh. Okay, and of course, um, it's this is Ohio and Michigan, not too far away, and I know that there are some automobile plants uh, in Ohio as well, so she, that's what she worked, and how long was she there? Do you even know? Um, six years, I believe. Okay, so she was well in into that work, and we're going to talk about that a little later, because that's uh, near there is where her car was found. But what was uh, her interest? Did she have any um, hobbies or anything? What, what did you two, you and the kids, uh, the other children do with her? Did you go out? Did you play games? Go to the movies? Anything like that? Not really. Um, she worked. We went to school. We came home, did homework, went to bed. They're really... If she got a chance, we would go to the beach or something in the summer. Okay, up to Lake Erie? No, uh, we have lakes here in uh, Muskegon County. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, would you say she um, was tough? Would you say that she, even though she was friendly, you said she makes friends easily, but would you say that she was, uh, um, you know, very discipline-oriented as your mother? I'm just trying to get a feel for, her, you know, the kind of person that she was. She she had her her roles and mm -hmm. and but she wasn't really really strict. Mhm. Mm okay. Okay, let's move on to this. Um how did Jeff Frame come into your mother's life? How did they meet? After her and my father divorced and it was a while after that, she moved into this neighborhood. And uh, his sister lived across the street, and uh, he would come visit his sister, and that's how they met. Okay. And how long would you say that they dated and everything before they got married, and how, how long were they married before she disappeared? They dated less than a year before they mm -hmm. got married. Okay. And then they were married for 
four and a half years. Four and a half years. And what do you remember uh, about that time? And just, just to be frank, uh, you know, what do you remember about those four and a half years? You were all living together, you and your two brothers, Jeff and your mother, all under the same roof. What do you, how do you remember those years? It started out okay, but then it, after several months, it didn't take long, and things started to turn bad. He was very abusive. When you say that, do you mean uh, mentally and physically? Yes. Okay. And what kind of um, relationship did, did you have with him, being that he was your stepdad? Not good at all. No. I'm, I'm sure he didn't, we... like, he didn't he didn't tend to like her kids no but no. they but on the other hand they didn't have any kids uh together i guess no but he got to adopt the youngest since he didn't have a father okay the, the youngest the seven-year-old okay yeah and um had jeff do you know had he been uh married before any kids before no. that or, or anything nope nope okay all right, so he's across the street. They meet through his sister, and when they were living together, did the sister continue to move live across the street, or did did they move? Or yeah, the sister lived there. We moved before she did. So oh, okay. All right, and um, Jeff work. What what um, was he? First of all, was he around? I know that your mother, of course, was thirty-eight when she disappeared. Was he around her age, or a little older, a little younger? Do you do you even know? He was a a good bit younger. He was a younger guy. Okay. And did he work? Um, anything like that? He did not work most of the time. During a time period, he got a job, but he only worked there maybe maybe a couple of months. And that was the whole history, his whole work history, Tom was, and Mary. All right, that was his yeah. whole work history. So would you say that yeah. when he and uh, your mother met that he did not have a job at the time? I mean, what was he doing uh, for money? That I don't know. I don't know? Ten when they got married. So I'm Right, right, sure. right, right, of course. Okay. Did he, um, did you tell me at some point he was on maybe disability or in some insurance claim or, or something yeah. like that? Yes, after he got that one job for those couple of months, he claimed he got hurt at work and then he was on disability. Uh-huh. Uh, now that you, did you suspect some of the time at a 14-year-old, but now that you're a grown woman, uh, did that seem a little suspicious to you? Do you think he was, your opinion, did he really have a disability or, or what? No, he did not. He still worked on cars and did everything that he claimed he couldn't do because he claimed he had a bad back. Okay. All right. Uh, so he, so something happened there that uh, he was faking an injury. And, of course, unfortunately, that happens uh, quite a bit. What do you think it was, if you can say, um, that brought Jeff and your your mother together? That, uh, you know, he doesn't see and he doesn't have a job. You know, very shortly into the marriage, that things started to go wrong. What What did you think he was? He's just a smooth talker, or what was What was it? Do you think? Yeah, I think he was able to play it up and be a smooth talker, and and uh, he was able to play the part to be the nice guy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as they they got married, do you even remember um, 
there I mean once again you'd be like ten years old. Do you remember their wedding day and all of that? I mean, were you old enough to remember I that? I do remember I do remember their wedding day, yes, I was there. You, you did? Okay. It was a big wedding? It was no it was small, but it was it, it wasn't mm -hmm. too small. There was family mm -hmm. members and friends from both sides. Okay. During this time, they they had they were in this marriage, and uh, it sounds like it was very rocky. And, and you say that Jeff was abusive. Um, were you seeing, like, for example, were you seeing your grandparents, like your mother's parents, were they still alive? Did they know what was going on? Any of that? Her parents were still alive. I didn't see them too often. I think that she didn't want them to know all the things that was going on. So she might How bad it had gotten. Yeah. yeah. Did they live close? Did they live in Ohio, or did they live uh, somewhere else? They live in the same in the same city with us. In the same city, but still, yeah. you didn't see your grandparents that much. No. Okay. Okay. And were they still alive at the time that uh, your mother Barbara disappeared? Both of them were, but her mother was in the hospital with and actually hospice with cancer, and she was. Right. To die any day. Right. Right. And, of course, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Okay. So you had this um, bad relationship. You're a teenager. You don't have a very good relationship. I'm guessing that uh, maybe your, your the 13-year-old brother, he didn't get along with Jeff very well either? No. No. Okay. So this is the kind of situation that they were in. But at some point, uh, your mother... Uh, did file for divorce. Is she's the one that initiated the divorce? Yes. She did. Okay. And what do you, now that you look back at it now, was there like a final straw that led her to that? Or what, what do you think? Was there just things that got so bad? Or did she feel like you know, she needed to be more independent? Now you look back back at it now. How do you, what do you think was going on? Well, she had wanted out for a while, but he made threats and everything and kept her there. He finally got mad one day and said, if you want to go, go. So she told us to hurry up and pack a few things because we had to get out fast and wanted to change his mind. And that's how we went. Wow. It just happened that quickly. Yes. Wow. Okay. Did you have a place to go? Did you go to your grandparents or, I mean, if it, it sounded like they don't have like, the please. Okay. We stayed. We stayed with a friend of hers. It was, you know, it was tight, but mm -hmm. she let us come and stay. Well, that was nice of her. Okay. And but you eventually, uh, your mother did eventually. Um, during the process of the divorce, did get her own place. Maybe, maybe didn't buy it, but maybe renting from somebody. But it wasn't that yeah. far from Jeff, was it? No, because a na neighbor that we had when we lived by Jeff offered her. To rent their house, which was behind their house. Okay. So, how far when you finally did move into this place, um, if you could describe it maybe just in feet or like a quarter of a mile, however close it was, how far do you think that when you did move into the house where your mother disappeared from, um, how far was it from where she lived with Jeff when they were married? Well, it was close enough that if we went out our back door of the house we rented, mm -hmm. we could see the landlord's house right in front of us. And across the street from the landlord's was Jeff's right there. We could see his house oh from our gosh. backyard, his driveway. So maybe like 150 feet, 200 feet, something like that. 
like yeah like the distance maybe that you could hit a baseball or something like that very close yeah you could wow Wow, did uh, once again, I know you were 14 at the time, but um, did your mother ever express any fear about living that close? You know, I, I, I have to say my opinion. I, I mean, my experience, I've never been married, but when people move out, they generally move far away, but she just moved right down the street. Did she have any fear about that that you remember that she said? She didn't say, but I think she did because he was able to watch her every move from there yeah right right okay so was this this divorce how long would you once again in retrospect looking back at it as a 14 year old um how long did the divorce take was it a long drawn out divorce like some can be fighting over things or would you say that this was one this was one that was fairly quick quickly done i think it was fairly quickly done okay so she moves out, and do you think that, um, of course, she disappeared on January 30th. How long were you living in that house um, before she disappeared? And we will get into the specifics of what happened that day, but how long was were you in there before that happened? Well, let's see. It took After they split up, it took a couple of months before we moved into that house. And then the divorce was final, December 15th, and six weeks later, she came up missing. We lived in that house probably maybe two months. Okay. So like the beginning of December 1984. Yeah, I think Um, that's when we started running. Okay. Okay, great. And you said that the divorce was around December 15th, 1984. So she would have been divorced, like you said, about six weeks, 45 days. Uh, something like yeah. that. Okay. All right. And how are things going? Uh, all of you now away from Jeff, but we'll get into what he was doing. But how was it in that news house? Did you um, notice a difference in your mother? Things going better? Or? Yeah, it was way better for all of us. It was like a big stress off of us, and it was like the happiest we'd been for a while. Okay. This new house that you moved into, um, and this will play a part in her disappearance eventually, but was it furnished? Did it have like furniture, a phone, all of those things, or did she have to get stuff, like beds, things like that? It was empty. She she had wow. some furniture. Other furniture was given to her. Wow. Okay. Okay. And these weeks, of course, like you said, she got... Uh, the divorce was final on December 15th. These six weeks, though, but Jeff is just a few yards away, a few houses away. What was he doing uh, during this time? Uh, I'm going to guess maybe, of course, you can't speak for him. I'm going to guess he's probably a little surprised that your mother got a divorce and moved right down the street from him. And what was he doing during this time when you moved into the new place? He was, he knew our every move. He was stalking her. He would come over and ask questions every day. If she wasn't home, I had to go through this list of questions. Where was she? Who'd she leave with? What time did she expect to be back? And he would ask all these questions. 
So when she wasn't there and you were there, maybe with your uh, two siblings, he, he siblings, he would come over, knock on the door, and he would expect you to yeah. give him your mother's every move. Yes. Wow. Okay. I have to ask, did you always go along with that? Did you ever just tell him it's none of your business? Did he ever show any signs of anger if you didn't want to answer? How do you remember this? This must have been very strange for you, Kathy. When she left, I asked her what she wanted me to tell him when he came because I knew he was going to come. So I told him whatever she told me, uh -huh. which was usually the truth because she didn't usually care what what he knew. Mm -hmm. He wasn't doing anything. Her mother was in the hospital. She was probably usually up there visiting or whatever. Right. right. Did he ever try to like stick around the house, like hang out for a while or just stand there right on the, the front porch or front step and get the information and leave? I'm, it, like I said, it sounds um, very strange to me. I'm not saying it probably is happening maybe a lot of times with men who are very uh, controlling of their women, but um, any altercations or you ever try to hang out or anything? When she was home, he would come over and, and he would be begging her to come back. And mm -hmm. he could be there for a long time doing that. But if it was just, if she wasn't there and was just the kids, he had no interest in us other than asking questions and leaving. Okay. So you would be there, he'd be in, he, she would let him in even though they were divorced and they didn't have any kids together. Although he did, I guess on paper, adopt the, the seven-year-old, your brother, the seven-year-old. Um, yes. so he might have maybe some rights to see him or something like that. Maybe, I guess that might make sense, but you would be, um, you would hear these conversations that your mother and Jeff would have about him wanting her to come back. Not usually. I might hear him say a few things, but normally he would get her out of the house by telling her he had he would come. He would say, "You can come over to my house and get some more of your stuff that you left behind." And then she would go over there, and she would be trapped. Hmm. What would you say your mother's demeanor was at this time? I mean, did she um, ever call the police to try to get him to stop from doing this? Did did she seem nervous about having him over? Because it would seem today maybe things are. I think probably things are a lot different in 2019 if these things were to be going on but um how long you know did she seem nervous about it and anything like that fearful of him still yeah she was still fearful okay all right so jeff has enough time he's on disability has enough time to just keep a, an eye on her do you think that there's a possibility maybe that he might have been maybe watching your house maybe couldn't see your house from his house but maybe on your street sitting his car or anything do you think it went that far as far as him keeping an eye on your mother well he knew when she wasn't there so he had to have been at least mm -hmm. keeping an eye on her car at least right right okay you know, I'm just wondering, uh, if this is the way it went, just wonder why he granted a divorce in the first place. I, it, this, he sounds like the type of guy to um, maybe have drawn things out. You know, some people, of course, you know, some men and women try to get divorced for years, and the other person 
you know, just won't sign the papers, et cetera. You've had a lot of time to think about that. Any insight into that being that you knew Jeff? Or... Yes, I do know that uh, he thought about fighting the divorce, but she told him, well, you don't really want to do that because then I'd have to bring up all the abuse and the drugs and everything you did. And I mm -hmm. guess he didn't want her to do that. So he granted the divorce. Okay. In hopes that he could, he still hoped he could talk her back into coming back, though. Right. So when you say drugs, do you mean that he was at the time doing drugs, or do you mean at the time that he was selling drugs, or both? Both. Both. Okay. Yes. Any? Did you? Did you actually? Say, I don't want to, you know, take this as hearsay, but did you actually see it? Did your mother know that it was going on? Did she see it? Yes, he had uh, people come over to the house regularly to buy, and he would smoke it with them right there. While while your mother and he were married, so when you were all at the same house together? Yes. Okay. All right, so this is the situation that was going on. You have a guy who got divorced, still not over his ex-wife, your mother, Barbara. He's coming over. Would you say it was, when you say often, would you say it was every day? Yes, every day. Every day for at least 45 days, he would come over. Even if it was the cold weather of Zanesville, Ohio, he was coming over to your house to find out where your mother was. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. So that brings us to January 30th, 1985. What do you, um, maybe before, you know, Jeff coming over that day, what do you remember about that that day? What were you doing? Is it vivid enough that you remember what you were doing? Do you remember what your mother was doing? How do you remember it? I remember a lot about that day. I kept that day in my mind. Please, it tell us. Off in, the, in the morning, it started off as we got all got up late. My mom got up late for work, which was ra very rare for her. But she got up late, so she got up, up she said, I don't have, I'm already late for work. I don't have, you missed your bus. I don't have time to take you to school. So you'll have to stay home. And she decided to let the boys stay home too. So we stayed home and she went to work late, but she went. And she came home. And she was, she wasn't there very long. She started getting dishes out. She was going to make chili for dinner. And she said, well, window had broken earlier that day too hmm. she said this is what i'm going to do she said i'm going to i'm going to get the dinner started after dinner i'm going to run over to the landlord's which is you know right in front of our house and let her know about the window then i'm going to go up and visit my mom because it was hmm. it was a it wasn't her turn to spend the night she did spend some nights up there but her mother was dying so she was up she went up there every day okay so that was what her plan was but it didn't work out that way Wow, how did this window break? That's that's weird for a window. Does something hit it, or a bird hit it, or a branch, or window? Well, I was. At, it was. It was my bedroom window, and I was actually in there when it happened. And it, there was a lot of snow and ice, huh. and it slid off of the roof next door and came crashing through my bedroom window. A great big piece of ice. Wow. That's, okay. That's how that happened. Okay. I thought I better ask when people say windows start breaking. I was, I have to admit, I was thinking maybe Jeff did something, but you're telling me that was a uh, ice from next door. Okay. 
So um, you didn't go to school that day. Your uh, brothers didn't go to school that day, but your mom, mother did go to work. You then were home alone with your siblings for the day. Did Jeff come over during that day at, while she was at work? No, because he knew she was at work. Okay. But then she gets home. She's getting dinner ready. And then at about what time did uh, Jeff finally come over? She wasn't even home a half hour, I don't think. Somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. It was long enough for her to get home and take her coats and stuff off and decide that she's going to start dinner. Okay. And did he... uh, So he came over. He knocked on the door and you answered it. Yeah. I guess suppose I'm guessing that you probably already knew who it was before you looked out the window or the right. It became that common. I had a good idea, yes. <laughs> okay. It was that common. Okay. So explain what happened from there. Well, she was in the other room, so I answered the door and he didn't even have to say anything to me. I knew what he wanted, so I left the room. I went and I'm like Guess who it is again, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, she said she'd be out she'd be in a minute. And then she went in there, and I didn't stay in there, so I didn't hear the conversation. But I know that she then told me she had to leave, and she said she, there was a lawyer appointment she had to go to. And she had to go right now. And he was kind of rushing her along, and she was kind of irritated about that. But mm-hmm. he was in a big hurry to get her out of there for whatever reason. Okay. And then they left. The way you remember it, once again, all those 45 days, had this ever happened before when Jeff came over and then expected your mother to go with him somewhere? Had that ever happened before? She had went over to his house before, but I don't know whether she was forced or went okay. willingly. I guess what I'm asking is, so there were occasions in, in those 45 days after they got divorced, he's coming over there, that he would come over and she would leave with him? This wasn't the I first think time? Twice. twice. Yeah, I think twice she went over to his house. Okay. So before your mother left, she did say something about a meeting, something about a lawyer. Yes. Okay. At that time, did you understand that to mean uh, her divorce lawyer or his divorce lawyer or did, did, did any – at the time, you have any idea what that meant? What did you think? No, she she didn't specify which lawyer. She just said it was had had to do with her signing something to do with a house. Okay. All right, because you mean probably regarding the house that that Jeff now lived in that she didn't live in. You know, maybe it was yeah, joint ownership or some, something like that. It had to do with yeah, something to do with divorce. I didn't know. Okay. But that's what she said. Okay. So she leaves, and she didn't say when she was going. I'm guessing you probably thought she'd just be coming back in maybe a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour. Of course, that didn't happen. Did you see them when they left? Did you see them uh, take a car? Did you think that they walked? Do you even remember that? No. they they was It was too cold, and it was a little too far to walk, so I know that that didn't happen. But I don't okay. know whose car they took. Okay. So this house that you separately, or they went separately. So this was a house that didn't have like a garage. This is some place where she would have had to have parked out on the street, like on the curb or something. Yeah, she had to park on the side street because we used the back door entrance. The front door was 
something was wrong with it and it jammed a lot. So we used the back door and she would come out, walk a little piece down the alley and her car would be right there on the side street. Okay. All right. So even if she did the, the car, you probably couldn't have seen that from standing inside the house no, anyway. I wouldn't. Nope. I wouldn't have seen it and I wouldn't have heard it take off. Okay. Did she, uh, do you think that she took her keys with her? Do you even remember that? Yeah, they was in her purse and she took her purse. Okay. So she's gone half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. When do you, of course, you are the oldest sibling. Uh, when do you, I guess maybe you being, I'm going to guess being responsible for your younger siblings, even though I realize your brother's only a year younger. Um, when do you start to get worried that maybe something isn't right? After three hours, that was too much time, and she was left with him, so I was already worried. Right. And what'd you do before? I mean, let's say that was eight o'clock at night. Say she left maybe at five. Let's say it was eight o'clock. What'd you do? What did you do? I made. I got some ready for dinner for him, and just made everybody dinner, and we just did our normal routine and went to bed. There was mm-hmm. nothing else we could do. No. Didn't try to call his house, but once again, let's talk about that right now. There was no phone in your house, was there? No, because we hadn't had a chance to get one hooked up. She had already called the phone company and was planning on getting one hooked up, but it wasn't mm-hmm. done yet. Okay, and of course we have to remember this is 1985 where phones were still on walls. Well, yes. And only uh, the very, very, very exclusive people in the United States even had cell phones at that time. Of course, cell phones, that was maybe... 12, 15 years before it became um, quite common for people to have cell phones. And so you couldn't even call anybody because there was no phone in your house. No, I could have used the neighbor's phone, but I I knew that, but I didn't go anywhere. Okay. So you went to uh, bed. Mother's not home. What did you do the next day, which would be January 31st, 1985? Well, I had set the alarm for, for her to get up. She got up an hour earlier than me. I set the alarm for her to get up, and when it went off, she was, I turned it off, and she was not there yet, and that was strange. But I got the kids up, and we went to school as normal. I was hoping that something would come about. Okay. So you get to school. You're thinking, well, maybe you get home that day, and she'll be there, and there'll be some explanation. But I'm going to guess being that you knew Jeff the way you did. There maybe had to be something, maybe in the back of your mind, that something had gone yeah, on. Yeah, I already, I already didn't think that I was ever going to see her again, but I was hoping I was wow. wrong. Wow. And that, that's all I, that's all you had to hold on to, is the hope you were wrong. Wow. Okay. So you go to school, see no uh, signs of your mother uh, anywhere, and when did you finally? You know, contact the police. Did you happen to tell any of your teachers or like a guidance counselor or anything about your mother not being there? Or did you just kind of keep your mouth shut until you got home, hoping she'd be there? How did you handle that next day? I talked to a school friend, but I didn't tell any adults. Mm -hmm. I was just going to wait till I got home and see if maybe she came home from work. Maybe she went to work from wherever. And I was hoping she would come home after I went, after I got home. Okay. So you get home, of course she's not there, and then what did you do? Well, I got home, and she wasn't expected for about 
an hour or so after I got home, so I waited for that. Her time came. She didn't come home, so I'm already planning on calling the cops. But uh, her friend that she worked with uh, told me, which I already figured anyway, that it was a 24-hour wait to report someone missing, so I waited until it was that time, and then I went over to the neighbors and called. Did you talk to that friend, or how How did you know anything about that? Did you talk to them? Yeah, I talked to that friend twice that day, because the first time, they carpooled in the morning, so a friend came over to the house, mm. and I told her that my mom wasn't there, so she was going to have to drive oh, okay. by herself, and then she came, she came over, because she, my mom wasn't at work, and she told me my mom wasn't at work, and uh, oh my. she had talked to the traffic cop that's outside their work area that directs traffic and he said something about having to wait 24 hours to report so I told her when that time's up I would do that and that's what I did okay alright so you went over to the neighbors called the police um and did they come talk to you uh, of course um Jeff is around somewhere but uh, the police show up, and you know what what goes down from there. They show up, uh, talk to me. We they take me and my brothers down to the station. We talk some more, and then they they called. They let my aunt take custody of us for a few weeks, and then my dad got custody of me and my older brother. Okay. And who, where did the, uh, we'll get back to this a little bit, but where did the younger brother go? He stayed with the aunt until Jeff got a lawyer or whatever he got and came over and they had to release him to Jeff because he was his adopted dad. Okay. All right, we'll surely talk about that in a bit. Okay, so the police come over, you tell them just what you just told all the listeners, that uh, Jeff came over, your mother left with him, allegedly for some lawyer appointment, and yeah. never, now granted, I realize you're just 14 at the, at the time, uh, of course you can't drive around, you can't, you know, you have to get people to take you places and things, but how much were the police telling you after that January 31st, and finally you talked to the police and everything, after that, how transparent were you? Were they with you and at least your older brother, your thirteen-year-old brother, about all of this? Did they also maybe talk to your mother, your grandparent, your of course your grandfather? I realize your grandmother was um, not doing very well in hospice, but did they talk to him about anything? What did what did you learn about all of that? Well, we went to stay with my aunt, and from there on, she had nine siblings, and they pretty much took over talking to the detectives and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't get told basically anything. They they hmm. asked me questions, what they wanted to know from me and that was it. I didn't cuz I was younger, so I didn't wasn't privy to any information really. Right. right. Okay, so any information you were going to be told had to go through somebody who was an official adult. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So your uh, answer is, like you said, you were with your aunt, who I'm guessing was also in her 30s or 40s, just like your mother was. Yeah, she was just a oh. couple years younger than my mother. Okay. And do you, did she, so she didn't tell you much, or do you think that the police didn't tell her much? 
the way you look back at it now? That I don't know. I don't think the the police was able to tell her much. Okay. Did they, your understanding all these years later, maybe you found out later or maybe soon after or whatever, but did they talk to Jeff and what did Jeff have to say about what happened after he went over and left with your mother? What's he say about that time after that? I know they talked to him, but I do not know what he said. The only thing that I do know that he said is that he doesn't know where she's at. But I don't know what explanation he gave for how he Hmm. left, how they left together. Okay. So what you're saying is, once again, over 34 years later, you have no um, idea the official story that Jeff gave to the police. No. Wow. Okay, because we have to remember, he's the one that, Jeff is the one that came over and said, hey, you have to go down, the lawyer needs you to sign some papers regarding the house. And Jeff has never said, yeah, we went to the lawyer, then we split up, or anything. Nothing. Well, the lawyer appointment turned out to be fake, so. It did. I don't, yeah. Okay. There was no appointment. Okay, that is something, I guess, that the police finally did establish, that this story that Jeff made up uh, had had nothing to do with law or anything. It was just, he just pulled it out of thin air. Yeah. Okay. All right, and we just have to establish this because I know a lot of listeners are probably outraged right now. We should know that Jeff has never spent any time in jail or anything else for the disappearance of your mother, correct? Correct. Okay, because I have to establish that because we had a case um, maybe six weeks ago, maybe back in March. Angie Arnell, uh, a woman who disappeared kind of under similar circumstances, a little bit. And uh, the man that she was with actually did end up spending some time in jail. He, He also had a story that didn't quite all make sense, but he did go to jail for harming Angie. But he's out now, but her body uh, has still never been found, and that's why we covered that disappearance. But in Jeff's case, he never – you don't know what the story is after he and your mother left the house, and he's never spent any time in jail for anything regarding your mother. True. Okay. All right, so let's move on to the rest of the case. Um, Now, your mother's car was not found – uh, parked where she usually parked it, like you said, uh, very close. Where was her car found? It was found the next day. It was found in a parking lot across the street from where she worked. And it was, she normally worked, parked it across the street and like in front of the bar or to the side of the bar, but it was found in a bar parking lot. It was found way clear in the back where she wouldn't have parked it because then she would have had to get out, you know, in early morning dark and walk. To work, nobody would park back there mm-hmm. that far back. That's where it was found. Okay. And uh, once again, to your knowledge, anybody ever come forward to say they saw somebody park her car back there? Uh, of course, you saw her coworker twice in the morning when the, the woman came to pick your mother up, and later when she came home to see if your mother had ever come, uh, you know, come, you know, back to your house. Any of these coworkers see anything 
once again, I realize it's 34 years later and the cops haven't told you much, any, much anything like that. As far as I know, no one's seen the car get parked. I know that when her friend got to work, she saw my mother's car. She went over to it and opened the door to see if maybe she left a note or was she in there hmm. or what happened. And then she shut it. And then when I think she came back out at like lunchtime or something, she went over to it and it was locked then. Well, that's interesting. So you, this one coworker did see her mother's car and it was already there the next morning. So she leaves with yeah. Jeff at, let's say five o'clock the ne very next morning, let's say at maybe seven thirty in the morning, the car is already there. Yes. Wow. Before, before seven. Right before seven. Okay. Before seven. So very quickly, um, a little over 12 hours later, your, your mother's car is already kind of in the area where she would usually park, but you're saying kind of not really either. Yeah. Okay. Anything? That's where she would park Please. if she was going to work, but she wasn't at work. Right. She wasn't. Okay. Uh, have the keys ever been found for it? Any, to your knowledge, anything weird about her car? Anything. The uh, keys, purse, everything was gone. There was none of that Nothing. was in it. But uh, the only thing that was different about it is that they felt the seat was pushed back farther than what it would have been if she'd driven it. Okay. Like a taller person, maybe. Okay. All right. So her car uh, was found the the next morning. Once again, coworkers uh, saw it, it seems, and they knew she wasn't at work. Of course, somebody, uh, I guess, eventually tipped the police off about that. Uh, do you know what eventually happened to the car? Any idea? The police came and uh, they... They came over and checked it and everything, but they didn't keep it. They released it to her father. Okay. You were staying with your aunt. We'll get into the, a, a little bit more of these, uh, um, the rest of the case questions. But you're staying with your aunt at the time. What is she saying? I, once again, not just police stuff, but her own beliefs. Did you have a chance to see her grandfather? Of course, it's his daughter. He has to be worried. What were they saying at the time? Every one of them believed the same thing that I did because they knew about the relationships that they had had. And mm -hmm. they, yeah, they all suspected the same thing. Okay. Nobody suspected anything different. Other than Jeff did something to her. Yes. That, that evening, that night. Okay. And do you, in your opinion, do you, even though I realize you were 14, I'm going to keep bringing that up for the listeners so they can rem remember that. Um, do you think that your aunts and uncles were pushing pretty hard and your grandfather was pushing pretty hard for the, the police, you know, to, you know, kind of work on Jeff or, or not? Yes. They did. Yeah, that was what they were pushing. Okay. Do you know, let's uh, move on being that this, uh, this lawyer appointment, uh, never existed. Do you know, to this day, do you even know the name of the lawyer? Uh, I'm going to guess probably even even if you did, probably the lawyer's not alive anymore, being it's 30-some years ago. But um, did you know the name of the lawyer? The no, time? I didn't know the name of his or hers. Didn't know anything. Okay. All you know is for sure is that this story about her having to go see a lawyer was completely cooked up. Yeah, the lawyer said that he did not see them that day, and he wasn't expecting to. Okay. 
Let's go back to the police and Jeff for a second. Did Jeff ever take uh, a lie detector test, to your knowledge? He took two of them that I know of. And what were the results? Inconclusive both times. Okay, was this, to your knowledge, right after uh, uh, your mother disappeared or six months later, a year later? You know when they were conducted? No, I think it was. I think they were in the within the first year, but I can't say how soon. Okay. And you did tell me something uh, that that happened a few years later. I guess four years later, when you were eighteen, uh, when you you I guess you became an adult, and was this maybe the first time that you actually got to have a one on one conversation with the police? Those years later, was that the first time? Yeah, it was the one and only. The one only. Yeah, maybe you should tell the listeners. When was the last time you actually spoke to the Zanesville Police Department about your mother's disappearance? The last time I did was I was 18. And that was in 1989. Yes. All right, so you and I are about the same age. Okay. And uh, I just have to ask, since then, have you tried to talk to them about this case? And we'll go back to the question here in a second. But have you tried to talk to them about it? Do they want anybody there helpful? I guess, I guess not. I didn't for years because there was no leads. There was nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got a, a private investigator involved, and me and mm-hmm. her tried to talk to them, but they really didn't have anything. Right. And we'll, I'll be ta- and I will be talking about uh, – you're talking about uh, Lily, correct? Yes. Lily. Okay. She came up in another – case recently coincidentally and i'm going to be uh, talking t- about her uh after this interview so i i will pass on some things uh, that she told me then but getting back so you really haven't had any interaction she's not been able to get anything from them um so yet jeff took these uh, lie detector tests inconclusive but when you finally did get to talk to them in 1989 at 18 years old they told you a story that you'd not heard before. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Well, their reason for coming over and talking to me is because they said they got a lead, but they said the lead was that she was seen in the grocery store a few days after she came up at missing with me. Me and her was supposed to be shopping, grocery shopping. But of course, that didn't happen. I would know if that happened. Of course. And then they also, they also gave me the name of the person who called and... It happened to be a friend of Jeff, so I'm like, yeah, well, now I know why they did that. Why that is happened. that right? Yes. Who can you can you say the name of this person? I probably shouldn't, but okay, that's that's really okay. Uh, was this a a man or a woman? Had you when you were told the name? A... Did when you told the name? Did you automatically know it was a friend of Jeff's? Yes, I I had known Jeff to talk to him. He didn't live that far from us. Okay, could this be? Please. Yeah, he did go to the same grocery store with us, but but he did not see me and my mother after she disappeared there. Okay, that would be nice. Would this been one of his friends that would come over when your when Jeff and your mother were still married that might have been involved in drugs with Jeff? That I don't know. He didn't come to the house, but he didn't live that far away. So okay, not all of them came to the house that he dealt with. Okay, you just knew this as being an acquaintance. Of Jeff's. Yes, he talked about the guy a lot, so okay. I knew I knew the name. But you had to wait until four years later to be told that story by the police. 
but I think that's just when the tip came up. The guy called and said, oh. I just remembered something. Oh, really? But I think that's why it was four years later. Yeah, I think oh, okay. he called recently and told him that tip. Oh, so he this guy didn't call like in 1985 or 86 about no. this. He didn't call until no. 1989 or whatever it would have been. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. And did the do you think that the police believed you when you told them that yeah that that story is BS? Did they believe you or did they think you were the they one who was lying? They appeared to believe me. They appeared okay. to believe me, but they just said they they had to they had to follow up on it anyway. They had to ask. Okay. Back in '89, when you talked to them, 18 years old, of course, um, at that time, experience is only four years old. Do you think that the police uh, suspected that Jeff was responsible? Yes. Okay. Did Did any of them ever say anybody that you talked to? Once again, thirty years later now, did they ever think, you know what? I think your mother just left. She just walked off on her. And did anybody ever say anything like that? Not really. Um, they really didn't have much to say when we went to talk to them. They would just be like, "Well, we don't have anything new," and pretty much mm. that was it. Were any searches ever done, like around the car? Did you know? Um, and and sometimes you should know. Sometimes these things happen without the families ever ever knowing that does happen. But any searches done that you ever caught wind of? Any places that they were looking for your mother? If they did believe that she didn't want wander off on her own, but maybe somebody murdered her, anything like that that you've ever heard about? I don't know what kind of searches they did. No. Okay. But whatever, whatever, uh, whatever they did do back then, they didn't find anything. Right. Do you think that they ever looked in uh, the house that Jeff lived in? Of course, that would have been the house that your mother and he were married in and lived in. Did they ever look in that house? Any From what I'm told, they didn't. No. So, would, overall, would you would you say that the police didn't do a lot? Once again, as far as you know, um, no, they. I don't. I'm not sure about not that. Sure. I don't oh. think they did. Okay. I mean, I didn't get. I didn't. Get, they came. They'd come over and, and interview relatives and stuff, but okay. uh, I'm not sure what they did with the information. Okay. That they got. Well, speaking of relatives, I do want to move to this topic because I do believe uh, that. Um, it certainly does sound suspicious, and it has to do with uh, your mother's brothers and sisters. First of all, how many brothers and sisters does your mother have? Nine. Nine. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they, were, they were all living at that time. Okay. So she has uh, nine, nine brothers and sisters. Of course, one of their siblings, Barbara, Barbara is missing. Uh, you told me that uh, they were very interested in, in trying to figure out what happened. You told me that your aunt uh, suspected Jeff in this disappearance and everything. Um, seems that they were very gung-ho at the beginning, but um, when did that start? Uh, did any of them, let's put it this way, did any of them try to talk to Jeff about that? Once again, your knowledge, to your knowledge. No, they conducted searches on their own, but I don't think any of them talked to Jeff. Unless maybe her brothers may have. They, mm. they've gotten into fights with him before in bars that I know of. That's all I know about that. But that would have been before your mother went missing. 
That was after. That was after. He was, okay. He was upset with them because they were because they were searching for her. Okay. Because he because they because he blamed they blamed him that he didn't like that. Okay, so there were some run-ins after the fact, like in yeah. the years after, where your brothers would run into Jeff and there'd be some altercations. Yeah, her brothers would was uh, investigating and they would run into Jeff and he was not happy with. He'd be with his friends and they were not happy with her okay. siblings. Okay, but this all changed. When, when, in your perception, as far as looking back at it now, when did this change, in your opinion, that it seems like the brothers and sisters started to back off all of this? When did that happen? Well, I know after a few years, there really there wasn't anything; they didn't have anything to go on, so they started to back off. But mm -hmm. uh, they had, he had been harassing them. Him and his friends had been harassing had been harassing them and apparently scared them all off. Jeff and his friends scared the brothers and the sisters off. Do you know of any? Uh, of course, you already talked about these these uh, fights that they got into the, uh, that happened. Of course, I'm guessing you weren't there to witness them. But uh, when you mean harassment and things, what do you have any specifics on any of that that you can tell the listeners? Well, one of the brothers was shot at. He was. And the sisters, wow. yes. And one of the sisters, he would come over and mess around her yard and try to harass her when her at nighttime when her husband was at work. And then there was a couple of them he would see in the stores and he would follow them around. Just things like that is that, that I know of. Okay. Okay, so you, when this shooting incident, uh, can you give us any, do you have any more details on that? Was that something where, you know, your uncle is in bed at night and somebody drives by and shoots a bullet at the house, or, or what was it? No, he was on a, a busy street that we have in Zanesville that has a lot of bars on it, which he hung out in most of those bars, and the brothers were, you know, investigating and stuff, and this person was... My uncle was out, you know, walking, probably going to one of the bars, and somebody shot a bullet at him. Wow. Okay. So, and probably what also ends up happening is these brothers and sisters have kids of their own. Maybe they start yes, thinking they about, you know, they start thinking about that as well. Uh, they start worrying about their own families, and they backed off because they felt threatened and they were being intimidated. Yes. Okay. Do you know the names of some of these other guys, uh, people with Jeff uh, that might have been party to this besides himself? I'm not asking to ask you the same names, but how many people in, in total did Jeff have in his little gang of doing this? Do you know? There's been different rumors on how many people he's had help him out. He had mm -hmm. a good bit of friends in the drug trade, but Okay. Uh, there's been different names thrown around, but nothing's been, other than him, nothing's been for certain yet. Okay. As far as I know, but then you know, Lily's a private investigator, and she right. and people will give her more information than they will me, and she they want to remain right. anonymous, so I don't know a lot of that stuff. Okay. All right, and I will be talk. Um, we're doing this uh, interview on May nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. I plan to talk to her uh, this week. 
um, before the episode comes out this coming Friday. So uh, I'm sure that we will she talk. Can give about... you a lot more information. Yeah. Than okay. What I got. All right. Okay. That's great. And I've and the listeners should know that I've already talked to Lily once, kind of about your mother's case, but it was like at the tail end of me talking to her uh, about a case that Unfound is already covered because she wor- has worked on that case as well. Um, so there's that. But I want to have a more detailed conversation uh, with her about. Barbara's disappearance, and I hope to do that this week. Okay, um, so they felt intimidated. Uh, did they ever file any police reports? You know, being shot at—that would—that would be that something. I, that I don't know. Don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what. I just okay. know that it happened. I'm not sure how they handled it. Okay. Well, I, you know, I have two brothers and a sister, and um, you know, just just don't know how you're going to handle something like that. I know that uh, my brothers and my sister are very, were very close. And if I were to disappear, I think that, um, you know, they'd be very interested in figuring out what happened to me, but you just never know The bullets start flying and things. And people start thinking about, you know, their own families and their own lives. And I, I guess we can't be surprised by that. Um, especially if they have children. Um, so Jeff, let's move to Jeff. So he has never to anybody stated what he believes happened that day. Of course, everybody suspects him in the disappearance, but he's never offered up his own versions of events for that day. Uh, not to law enforcement, not to the family. He's, right. He may have to his own people. All right. Nothing that's ever gotten back to you. No, some uh, some people said that Jeff told him he didn't have nothing to do with it, and other people told mm-hmm. us different versions. He, he told different people he put the body here, and he did that, and he did this. So yeah. some people he was bragging about it to, and other people he was telling he didn't do anything. All right, so all sorts of rumors and hearsay flying yeah. all over the place. Okay. And I remember in my previous conversation with Lily, she did mention a, a little bit about that. And I, I'm just not going to entertain those theories. I'm not going to publicize them. Um, at any time, um, has he ever, over the years, ever checked in with you or, or anybody, to your knowledge, checking to see if there was any investigation going on regarding Barbara's disappearance? Not to my knowledge, because he's never... No. Checked in with me or the family. I don't know if he checked in with the cops. Okay. When was the last time that you spoke to Jeff Frame? Um. Well, the last time I spoke to him would have been I'd have been a very young adult because he still had custody of my brother. Mm-hmm. So I still had to. Uh, he would bring my brother over and and drop him off. So I had to see him, but I didn't talk to him. Okay. So you haven't talked to him for a couple decades then. 2019, you maybe haven't talked to him since early 90s? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, wow. very early 90s. Wow. Do you, st- I, I'm not good, we don't need to talk about, you know, exactly where you live or anything, but do you live close to Jeff or? Well, from what I, mostly he's homeless. He moves from here to there. It's, it's normally somewhere in the same city that I'm in. I haven't seen him, mm-hmm. but I never know how close I live to him. I've, I've not seen him in years, though. Okay. I don't run into him, which is strange. But then 
I don't hang out in drug houses, so I really wouldn't run into him. That's about all he does from what I hear. Okay. So after what you're saying is after your mother's disappearance, did he not meet any other women? Did he have any kids with any other people? Any other women? Yes. He did. He lived with a woman and had two kids. I'm not sure if they officially married or not, but he did he did get with a woman and had two kids and then they split up and he did and then he did get married to a second woman and they're divorced too. They didn't have kids. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about how he had custody of your youngest brother. How did that go uh for your brother? Not good at all. Mm-hmm. What happened? He was he was mean to him. Did so? Did uh, Jeff? I mean, he was his you know adoptive father until your youngest brother turned eighteen, and then he got the heck out. Or did um, family services come in and take him away? Or what? From what I know, he he lived with him for a few years. He was mean to him. And then my brother went to live with Jeff's parents, who were a lot nicer to him. And, and pretty mm-hmm. much Jeff didn't, didn't want to keep him, really. Mm-hmm. So his parents raised him. Okay. Do you still have a, do you have a relationship with your youngest brother? Yes, but I don't talk to him, get to talk to him much because he works a lot of hours and he lives in Texas. Okay. Does, even though he, Jeff was his adoptive father, does he suspect that maybe Jeff had something to do with your mother's disappearance? Yes. Does? He remembers, you know, mm-hmm. little things. He remembers how yeah. mean he was. Okay. And so he had to live under the same roof as the guy he believes did something to his mother for at least a few years. Yes, and then well, had, I'm not sure if he. I'm not sure if he believed he did it that young. He was probably be able to be mm-hmm. talked to different, but he grew up to believe it. Okay. Did you find out at some time that it could be that Jeff actually had gone to your mother's work first that day? Is that something that you know that was something that came up between Lily, yeah, and me? Uh, so maybe he actually went to her work that day instead. Yeah, that was uh, when she came on, Lily came on the case. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, people called and told her, yeah, he had come by the workplace. So before he showed up at your house that day, January 30th, 1985, it's very possible earlier in the day he showed up, worked it, and we don't know what happened, whether they wouldn't let him see her, your mother, or what. We're not, we're not sure, are we? I think it was... Uh, it was either probably at lunchtime or after work when she was outside. Mm. Okay. Okay. What's this been like uh, for you, Kathy? It's been over 34 years. You haven't uh, had any interaction with the police, which I would say probably is something that needs to change this year, probably. Hopefully, maybe we can use this program as getting things uh, kick-started again. But um, you uh, were then raised by who once your mother disappeared? Well, I stayed, me and my brother stayed with an aunt for maybe 
two, three weeks, and then my dad got custody. So I was with okay. him until I was 18. Okay. And um, your father, has he? did he ever say anything about Barbara's disappearance? Did it, did it come up a lot between you and him? I realized that they're divorced, and I don't know what kind of relationship they had and everything, but was that a topic that you – that came up often as you were getting older with him. Well, yeah, it, naturally it came up a lot because there'd be things that, well, it'd be nice if I could ask mom this or that, and, you know, things that maybe he didn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when were you raised like in the same, were you raised in Zanesville, Ohio, or did you have to move somewhere else to live with him? No, I've, I've always been in Zanesville. Always in Zanesville. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your private investigator, Lily. Obviously, sure, her name's come up a couple times. And like I said, I hope to talk to her this week so we can get into a few more of these details that we've covered in this interview. Uh, how did she uh, eventually get involved in your mother's disappearance? She was referred to uh, check in on the case. She she had a different job, and she decided to become a private investigator. And someone was like, well, you know, you should you should look into the Barbara Frame case. And Lily, her siblings had grown up with my mother when they were kids. Lily didn't know my my mother hmm. or her family, but because she was quite a bit younger. That's interesting. So she, you know, it was close enough to home for her. She thought she would look into it. So she uh, found the group, the Barb Frame group on Facebook, and she messaged me and wanted to talk mm. to me about it. And that's Great. how it got started. Great. How long... How long has that been going on, you uh, working together with Lily? I think it's one of, been going on like almost five years. When when she started, mm -hmm. it was uh, it was in August, and it had the disappearance was 29 years old at that time, and now it's 34. Okay. Well, it's good to finally have somebody like that come along, isn't it? It is. After all those years of yeah. uh, nothing, someone was you know, willing to dig and, and she yeah. found a good bit. Yeah. Right. Just to, like I said, I talked to her mostly about, uh, the, the other case, uh, making Lancaster's case. Uh, she's worked on that, but, um, we did cover your, uh, mother's case for about 10 minutes of a 45 minute conversation. And she did tell me those things, but like I said, I want to get into her, uh, into a little deeper, uh, with her, so I can pass it on to the listeners. But I'm glad you found somebody like that finally. Just, um, it had to have been a long 20 some years of not talking it to was. the police, you know. And of course, you have a, you have your life to live. That's with so many. I, I know a lot of children of missing people run into, you know, you, you become 18, 20, 25, you know, you have to live your own life. Work, yeah. kids, education, you know. We'll Other things along to... with the not knowing. Yes, that's right. For somebody to come along and make it, you know, their responsibility too. Um, had to be nice, and I, and I talked to Lily, and uh, we had a good conversation um, before. We're gonna have another one. What is Jeff Frame? You said that he's homeless now. That's what he's doing with his life now. All these years later. Yeah, as far as I know, he's homeless. He he's been in and out of jail for drugs, and when he gets out. He if sometimes he has a home when he lives with a, like a woman or mm -hmm. and then other times he just 
lives wherever the last before he went to jail the last time he was staying in a camper on somebody's property on a friend's property and but then he went to jail and i'm not sure what he's done after he got out but as far as i know he's homeless wow you said that you have a facebook page uh why don't you tell the listeners again what the name of it is is it a page it is is it a group Uh, why don't you tell the listeners about it right now it's a group help find barbara frame it's got it's got lots of pictures of different uh places that we looked and dug and Mm-hmm. It's got all the information and every everything that that me at least everything that me and Lily have done so far. It's all everything's on there. And uh yeah, it's it's and anything that comes up, that's the first place I'm gonna put it. Okay. Great. You are a mother now, yourself. In fact, we were talking about uh your sons right before we started this interview, uh, Kathy. Uh, I'm guessing you have told them about their grandmother? Yeah, they never met her, but yeah, they they've seen they've gone to a couple events we've had for, and mm-hmm. yeah, they they know that they had a grandmother, and they know something happened to her. Okay, good. Got to keep that going, you know. It, you know, yeah. got to keep it going for to the next generation because as I found out in so many of these cases, sometimes eventually it does. It's the next generation that you know has to continue to keep. Uh, getting the word out. I, I think of a disappearance like um, Mikkel Biggs in Arizona, where, where the parents, you know, she disappeared as a little girl. Her parents uh, did so much for years, and now it's her sister that has kind of taken everything over after all these years, uh, you know, as things change. So it's good that your sons know about uh, their missing grandmother. Any last words before we complete this interview, Kathy? I would just like to to know what happened to my mother. I'd like a, a peace of mind and justice. It's been a long 34 years, yeah. and it's been hard, and just like to put an end to it. Okay. Hopefully, uh, we can help you do that. You know, the good thing, uh, you have Lily on your side, and now that you've been on Unfound, you have, of course, me on your side and my assistants on your side and the listeners on your side. And hopefully um, we can put a little bit of new light on this case. Uh, but I think I've already stated publicly on this interview that you know those new discussions, I think, with the police need to start. And probably it, it's no good that you haven't talked to them. I realize Lily's doing good work, but you personally should probably um, contact them, have a sit down, you know, some point this year when when you feel you're ready because it's been too long. You know, that many years, it's, yeah. it's just been too long. So she put, probably put that on your list for this year. But, and I will help you if, if that happens. I'll, I'll certainly be ha- happy to work with you to, you know, make that happen and kind of walk you through the process and give you any suggestions should you get to have an opportunity to talk to them. Okay, I'd love to help you with that. Well, thank okay. you. You're welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. You're welcome. I I love being on your program. I've heard some of your cases, and they're very good. Well, thank you. Uh, we try to do the best we can. Um, you know, we're reporters and investigators, and we certainly made a progress on quite a few cases. And I hope to do it with your mothers as well. That's great. I I know how those people feel, and I'm I'm glad that you're you're helping. Kathy, I deeply appreciate it. Thanks for being on the program. 
And that was my interview with Kathy Huber, daughter of Barbara Frame. I thank her for joining you and me on this episode. As I stated in the interview, I wanted to speak with Lily Paisley, the private investigator who has been working with Kathy since 2014. I got to do that on the night of May 22nd, 2019. We had about a 45-minute conversation. Here are some of the details of that conversation, but keep in mind, there are obviously things I can't say because Lily and others are still working on them. The overall idea I got from Lily is that the Zanesville Police Department couldn't be less interested in Barbara's case than they are right now. Lily brings them info, they blow her off. In fact, the police department has gone as far as to tell Lily to not bring them anything. Why is that? Lily isn't quite sure, but my assessment is the reason could be due to some embarrassing issues that could be exposed if Barbara's case got attention again. First, the police department, back in 1985, actually sent out requests to fortune tellers and psychics to try to figure out what happened to Barbara. In fact, Lily told me that a couple officers even went as far as to attend a fortune teller's convention, I didn't even know those existed, to get help on Barbara's case. So there's that. Second, the other reason could be that the Zanesville Police Department did have a tinge of corruption going on at the time. I'm not going to get into the particulars of that because they are unsubstantiated. Why that's relevant now is because right now in 2019 there are people on the police force that have connections to people who were on the police force in Zanesville back in 1985. So there could be some CYA going on. And there were other items. I'm not going to get into the intricacies of it, but Lily traveled the whole way to Texas to figure out if a woman there was actually Barbara Frame meaning Barbara ran off or was put in witness protection. I have posted a picture of the woman without her name in the discussion group on Facebook. You can be the judge if you think it's Barbara or not. Lily also believes that offering a reward would greatly help this investigation because many people in the area of Zanesville are poor and enticing them with money to come forward could move this case along. She has one particular person of interest in mind who she believes would spill his guts if guaranteed some cash in return. Also, allegedly there were people who went over to Jeff's house after Barbara disappeared who saw blood and other signs of an altercation. It seems the police never checked this out. On the other hand, I have reason to doubt these people's stories, just because they sound a little too good to be true. There's also a story about how people saw Jeff with bloody rags. Once again, how convenient. Lily has actually spoken to Jeff Frame for a total of about 10 hours. He says Barbara simply took off. No explanation for the lawyer meeting that didn't exist. Jeff has told others different stories than the one he told Lily. In them, he says Barbara fell and hit her head and died. Frankly, I'm not inclined to believe anything he says to Lily or anyone else. Lily has done a lot since 2014. She's gone on searches, gone down into wells, she's found bones and gotten them examined, to no avail. She went to Texas. She's talked to many people who know Jeff, including his sister. An overriding feeling they all have or had about Jeff is he was a very scary guy back in 1985. And all that fear could be carrying through to this day, despite him being in poor health. Not sure what to make of that. Lily told me some other things, but I'm going to have to leave those out of the public sphere for now. My impression is Barbara's case is one of those that drives us all nuts. 
We pretty much know what happened, but we have no conclusive evidence. All we have is the circumstantial kind. We have what our common sense tells us, but that doesn't go very far in court. Some of the other cases Unfound has covered like this, Rosemary Rapp, Julie Early, Mary Lands, and to put a guy in this category, Donald Irwin. Yet these cases are unsolved, and may be for a long time. The lesson all of us can learn from cases like these is if we know people who have wolves in their lives, we must keep an eye out for these friends, and certainly convince them to never open their door for them. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.